for you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 19. We've been reviewing some of the verses here in Psalm 19. And uh, this phrase, of the Lord, is repeated at least seven times. Uh, three time, uh, six times of the Lord, and one time it says, of God. And this morning my prayer is that our hearts would be stirred with a greater desire for God, the Lord, and the things of the Lord. There's so much that's pushing in on us so much that we naturally desire and so much that we naturally look to to be happy, for fulfillment, to feel safe, to feel adequate, all this stuff that we look to and value when it's really fickle and fleeting and not that great to be desired compared to God and the things of God. And we have this verse, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. I don't know what you get from that, but there is gold is, is kind of a, an icon of that which is the most valuable. And, and we all have a hunger for that which is sweet. So much of what we've experienced in life is bitter, is harsh, is uncomfortable. And we, we desire that which is sweet that which is nourishing, that which is delightful. And Scripture tells us, and it's up to you and I to believe it, that God and the things of God are more valuable than the most valuable things that we might see here on, or have here on earth. And God and His things are sweeter than the sweetest things we may experience. So desiring God and the things of him more. Let's read Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, no language, where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven and its circuit to the other end, and there is nothing hidden from its heat." I'm going to put the next verses up here, and you can read it with me, men, ladies, and so forth. Here we go. 
The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Now back to your Bibles in verse 11. Moreover, or there's more, there's more. By them, the law, the testimony, the statutes, the commandments, the fear, and the judgments of the Lord, by them... Your servant is warned. And in keeping them, there is great reward. Greater than gold. Sweeter than honey. Great reward. Then verse 12 and 13, psalmist is, thinks about himself. Who can understand his errors? And he asks God, cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth And the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now I'd like for you to look at the first verse of this psalm and the last verse of the psalm. The first verse says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The glory of God. Of the Lord of God, the glory of God. The heavens, the firmament, the stars, the sun, moon, and stars declare God's glory. And then, in the last verse of the psalm, it's like David is saying, what about me? What about me? Do I Declare the glory of God. And he just got done talking about his his concern about his sinfulness. And he's crying out to God for cleansing from secret faults. Because who can understand their own error? You've seen that in people. We can see others' errors. But who can understand their own error? So his prayer to God was, cleanse me. I can't understand my own errors. God, cleanse me from my secret faults. And his prayer went on with, keep me back. I am your servant. Keep me back from presumptuous sins or those things that I just know better, but I just go ahead and do it anyway. God, keep me back from that. I need your help. 
And it's in light of that that I believe that he, he prays this prayer. Let my words and my meditation, the, the things that I think about, the things that I'm focused on, let them be acceptable to you, God. When he, when he looks at the, the heavens and he sees how it brings glory to God. And I think he's very aware, very well aware of the fact that he was created to bring glory to God. And he's very aware of the fact that because of his sinfulness and his tendency towards sin, he hasn't brought God much glory. The heavens declare the glory of God. And David saw the glory of God. He took time to see the heavens. He took time to, to talk about the sun. Every morning and every evening, the sun rising and setting. A person that any person can see the glory of God through nature if they want to. And David's desire was that he would bring glory to God. So my question to us this morning is, do you value the glory of God? Do I value the glory of God more than gold? More than the best foods? More than the sweetest experiences? What am I going to be about? What are you going to be about? Are you going to be about the glory of God or not? Or are you going to just keep being about you? That's how we're born. We're born being about ourselves. But we can be reborn and being about God. So this psalm, as I studied it, it's became clear to me that this is about the revelation of God to man. This is about God revealing himself to man. And how priceless that is, that God has revealed himself to man. So, the glory of the Lord is seen. God has revealed himself to humanity through the heavens, through the day, through the night through the sun, through all of nature. We need to keep ourselves positioned to see the glory of God every day. Get yourself in that kind of a routine. Get yourself in that kind of a framework that, that you are awed at God's glory how that you can go to bed at night when it's dark and rest and God refreshes you and refreshes the earth and every day, every morning when you wake up, it's a new day. It's a new day. That's glorious. That's God's glory. 
let that speak to you deeply of God's faithfulness, God's glory every day. Let it increase your desire for him. Look at the sun every day, or look at the, the light every day, or look at the refreshment of rest, or look at the glories of nature every day. The glory of the Lord. Let it increase your desire for the Lord, because he has revealed your, himself to you in this way. All right, now let's go to these verses. The law of the Lord is perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. We have these six things, the law of the Lord, the testimonies of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord. And I, I scratch my head over this. It's like, is this uh, just poetry? And these are six different ways to say the same thing. And then the, the, the adjectives for this, perfect, sure, right, pure, clean, true. Is this just six different ways of saying the same thing? I think there's some of that there, that it's all kind of the same thing because God is one thing. <laughs> and what he says and his principles is it's one. They, they are unified, they're one thing. And yet there's different aspects of it as well. And uh, you can keep digging into it and finding more and more because uh, God is eternal. But just a little bit. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The law of the Lord. What is the law of the Lord? I think in to David in the Old Testament here, the law, they referred to the law of the Lord as the Pentateuch, the five books of Moses. And how does that convert the soul? And thinking again as this is, David is talking about God's revelation of himself to man. God is revealing himself to you and I. God revealed himself to David through nature. God revealed himself to David through the five books of Moses. And what do we learn in the five books of Moses? We learn where we came from. And as we're going, as we think of converting the soul, our inner being, so often our inner being is in turmoil. Our inner being is experiencing chaos. Our inner being has sinful thoughts. Our inner being is confused. Our inner being doesn't know what to do with itself, let alone our neighbor. Our inner being doesn't know what to do with the idea of a sovereign God. And our inner, our inner being is all in shambles and confused and in chaos. And it needs a conversion. It needs a refreshment. It needs a reviving. The law of the Lord changes that soul, who we are. In the five books of Moses, beginning in Genesis, we find out where we came from. 
God created us. We are His idea. That's God's revelation to us. That means something. That a sovereign, holy God, we are His idea. And in there we read what happened. We turned against God. We walked and we took our own way. And in there we read what the result of this was. And in there we read that God wants to redeem us. And he calls a people to himself because he wants people. He likes people. He wants fellowship with people. He wants a oneness with people. And the story and the laws and all that God gave through the five books of Moses. Revelation of God to, to man. God's desire toward us. And in those books is when the greatest command is where the greatest commandments were first given. What is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord. And in those books we see God's love for his people and his desire for love back from his people. That reciprocal friendship, love relationship. Let that convert your soul. The law of the Lord is perfect. It's complete. It's trustworthy. Let what you learn about that change your inner man. And then, of course, we have the New Testament. And we had the, the, the uh, Sermon on the Mount, the teachings of Jesus. Following the teachings of Jesus converts your soul. It brings order to the chaos. And Jesus himself, being God, being love, changes us. It's all we need. He is all we need. We are revived. We are refreshed. We are reminded. And it pulls our inner world out of chaos and pulls it together and unites it with God. That is God's revelation to us. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Say that with me. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. It'll do that. It did it. It'll, it did it for David. It'll do that for you. Just as well as picking out the sun every morning as as God's glory being revealed to you, God himself being revealed to you, the law of the Lord changes us. All right, the second one, the testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. What are the testimonies of the Lord? The testimony is like a witness. It's like a signpost along the way to keep us, to remind us, and here again, the sun, moon, and stars, that's the testimony of the Lord. God gave it to us. So it's kind of saying the same thing. And then we have the stories through all of Scripture and all of history. And we have Jesus himself being the witness of God. And when Jesus left, he sent his spirit. That is the witness of God. That is the revelation of God to man. And then we have people. People who are the testimony. 
the witness of God. And we are the richest people that have ever lived on this planet because we have more people to learn from ever since creation than people previously from us had. We have our parents and our grandparents, and on back we have, we have our forefathers, uh, religious forefathers. We have the apostles and the prophets, all these people. And right now you have the person sitting right beside you as a witness of God. It's a, it's a revelation of God, who God is, a revelation to you of who God is. And the person sitting beside you, knowing them, should draw, should make you more hungry and more desiring of the eternal God and the things of the Lord. If your heart is in the right place, that will happen. We also have experiences as a witness, the testimony of the Lord. The things we go through. Now, the testimony of the Lord is sure. It is to be trusted. It is dependable. It is sure. You can go by it. And what does it do for us? It makes wise the simple. Wise the simple. Now, would you think of simple being the opposite of wise? Well, in the King James Version, uh, when it talks about fools, which we would usually think of fools as the opposite of wise, uh, simple and fools is used interchangeably as the, as the entry level of fools, okay? There's like five levels of worse fools. But the simple is a kind of fool. That's the entry level. That's where we all are. And, and we all feel simple. We all feel at times like, we, uh, oh, that was dumb. Uh, oh, it's just, think, I'm just, do, make these blonde moves all the time. Or what was I thinking? And that's the idea of being thoughtless. Now, the testimonies of the Lord makes wise the simple but it doesn't make wise all the simple. Some stay fools and become, because they're not made wise by the testimonies and the experiences and all these signposts along the way that God gives us, they become more foolish and more foolish and more wicked and more foolish. And pretty soon, they're not teachable at all. But the testimonies, the, the, the signposts, the, the witnesses, the, the, the things that God gives us along the way, if we're willing, if we're looking for it, if we're hungry for it, will make us simpletons, us fools, wise. We can start thinking better. The statutes of the Lord. I see these statutes of the Lord as the, the principles like a life map. You can go by it. They're right. The statutes of the Lord are right. And they rejoice the heart. They bring joy that you can go by the, this map and it'll bring joy to your heart. How does that work? Well, what's, what's the number one command? What's the number one command? Say it. Love the Lord your God, Lord your God with all your heart. And, and, and 
you know what brings the most joy? We had a reminder of this recently. What brings the most joy? Joy is brought about by love. Love. When you are loved, you experience joy. When you choose to love God, you will receive his love and you will have more joy. Jesus said, love one another that your joy may be full. The command that God gives is to love him with all our hearts and we do that by loving people. Love one another that your joy, the statutes, the commandments, the statutes are right. You can go by it. It's a good map to go by. Always love. Always love. That's the principle. And there's many other principles we don't have time to get into. But those principles are right. They show us the way to joy. Bring joy to our heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure or clear, enlightening the eye. The commandment of the Lord. Again, what's the number one commandment? I'm just, I'm not getting any farther than the number one commandment. Now, all the other commandments support the number one commandment. Uh, scripture tells us that on these, uh, on these two hang all the law and prophets, loving God and loving people. And it also says all the law is fulfilled in one word, and that's love. So that's the only farther, that's all the farther I'm getting this morning. But there's so many more commands and principles and uh, instruction uh, that God gives us, but it all fits under this, into this one. So the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eye. Again, the law of love. First John says that if I hate my brother, I walk in darkness. That's the opposite of light to the eyes. But if I love my brother, then God will give me light. The law, the commandment of the Lord is pure. It gives clear vision. It's pure. It enlightens the eyes, brings light to... It brings us out of darkness into light. Number six, the judgments of the Lord. Oh, I skipped number five. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. So we fear because of what we know about someone. So you could say the reputation of God is going to stay. It will be, it's eternal. And you can go by it. Uh, so we, we fear the Lord. And the New Testament brings us to faith in Jesus Christ. And that gives us everlasting life. So we can endure forever. So you can, you can count on it that you can... Uh, so fearing God, same thing as trusting God, because if you trust God, you won't fear anything else. Uh, so you can... And, and when you think of God and you, you think of your wretchedness... Uh, the ungodly response is to run away. But the fear of the Lord that I'm talking about is what makes us run to him. And regardless what happens, regardless how bad you've been, 
regardless how uh, impossible your situation seems, you can run to the Lord out of fear of him, and he won't do you dirty. The fear of the Lord is cleaned. It endures forever. And the reverence for God, there will always be reverence for God. He So great people have been revered, but sooner or later, they do something and reverence for them is gone. Or they pass off the scene and a hundred years later, nobody even knows about them. Their reverence is gone. Reverence for them is gone. But the fear of the Lord, reverence for God, he's eternal. It lasts forever. It endures forever. Especially think about that. When, when, when you're tempted to be about all these things that are so fickle and fleeting, well, your reputation or the friends or uh, your income or your marriage or, or uh, Kansas City Chiefs or the U.S. government or whatever, uh, it'll be gone. It'll be gone. But the Lord is forever. Hunger for him, desire him. More to be desired is he and the things of him than gold. Number six, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. God's judgments, his decisions, his timing, his advice, his perspective, the con his consequences, his chastening. What he decides, embrace it. Embrace it. It's accurate, it's consistent, it is to be trusted. And if you embrace it, it will make you completely righteous. So I just hope you find this list refreshing. The law, the testimony, the statute, the commandment, the fear, and the judgments of the Lord. They're perfect, they're sure, they're right, they're pure, they're clean, they're true, they're dependable. And they'll do these things for us. They'll bring order into our chaotic souls. They will convert our souls from, and, and they will make us wise and they will bring joy to our heart and we can see where we're going. And it lasts and it will make us righteous. That is so refreshing. It'll let it revive and refresh our souls. Desire God and his things more than anything else. They are desirable. They are sweet. And verse 11, moreover by them your servant is warned. God's things, God's law, his commandments, all that he is gives us the revelation of himself to us gives us adequate warning. We don't have to be fearful in the temptations that we face and anything that we face. Uh, we don't have to worry tripping up as we go for it towards that. And in keeping them, there is great reward. But we think about our own errors. Who can understand our errors? Cleanse me from secret faults and keep me from the, from the willful sins. And then the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, 
my strength, and my redeemer. That's what God is to us. So just back to this list again. And just my prayer again is that we would have a greater desire because these things are more desirable. The things of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, and the things of the Lord and God himself is more desirable than the most, most valuable things on earth and the sweetest things to us.